0: God is perfect in all of his ways. What a marvelous truth that strengthens and guides us in all that we do. This morning, my, um, I'm, I'm Judy Crossman, and I teach in School Theology and Ministry. And this is my first year experience Old Testament class. Yeah, welcome them. Thank them for helping me out. Yeah. They are delightful to me and uh, so graciously uh, agreed to help try to communicate God's word to you today. So um, thank you. Thank you for welcoming them and thank you all. Appreciate you much. Thanks to the chapel team that works so hard. Jennifer and Pastor John... Um, I don't think any of us know the amount of work that goes into this hour after hour of being invited into God's presence, but thank you for that. Thank you for making it possible. Technicians and all that, yeah, give them a hand. Let's let's thank that team. It's so right. As we finish up this semester-long Monday Bible time when we are studying Philippians, On this last day of chapter 4, God has given us through the Apostle Paul this marvelous message of peace over anxiety. Uh, We're given a gift that says into whatever today is making you anxious, Paul wants you to experience peace instead Now, I have no doubt that a room this size, there are many of us for whom anxiety is virtually a curse word because it seems to hang around us, over us, within us so much of the time. And it's awfully important uh, to me this morning for you to know that if, if this becomes frustrating to you and if you feel like, yeah, yeah, I wish... I wish I didn't have anxiety. Um, Please know that my motive and the intent of God's precious word is is not to increase the load of anxiety, but wherever you are in that journey, uh, God wants us to know that he offers hope. And so may this, my prayer is that this morning, there will be a moment in which your hope increases as we together discover and study God's precious word. Ronson has agreed to open for us right at this part in prayer. Pray with us, please. May you pray with me? Father God, your love is so much more than we can ever ask or imagine. Please bring us closer to your heart. We want nothing more than to know you more. Let us take advantage of every moment you have given us to love you more. Holy Spirit, I pray for this chapel and for Dr. Crossman. Let her words be yours and use them to touch our hearts and our minds to hear your truth, Mm -hmm. to be more like you. We ask that we will discover your peace here and that we will truly find rest in your presence. Thank you so much for your love, Jesus. In Christ's perfect name we pray, amen. 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 Lisa was 16. She was a sophomore at Penn High School up in northern Indiana. And as a sophomore, she was the first one off the bench at the regional Um, basketball championship at the Big Coliseum. She played a great game, but they lost. And as you athletes know oh so well, about the only upside of losing a tournament is that you finally get some rest after a long season. So rather than staying the next week for the state championship, she headed south with her family to visit her grandparents in Florida. As her grandpa watched her on the beach, sort of standing in the water, he said, something's off. Lisa didn't seem her normal, energetic, fun self. When asked, she said, I'm just tired. But over the next few days, the fatigue increased, and the family determined that as soon as they got back home, they would take her to the doctor, and they did. The diagnosis was cancer, large-cell lymphoma, and nine horrible months later, Lisa died. I am Lisa's aunt. At that time, I had no children of my own, and I loved her as if she was my daughter. My heart was shattered. I questioned God's love and sovereignty. God, if you're both loving and in control, then why would you allow her to die such a horrible death at such a young age. Several weeks after her funeral on a Saturday night, I sat on the floor in my little house crying and wrestling with God. I told him I could not possibly teach the Bible study that I was scheduled to teach the next morning. My assignment was Philippians 4, a passage that we are studying today that tells us not to be anxious but rather full of peace. I did not feel that I had peace. I only knew that I had a broken heart. I did not want to be a hypocrite and pretend that all was well with my soul because it wasn't. I was overcome with grief, doubt, and anxiety. And I sat and as I sat there on the floor weeping, something came over me. I remembered I remembered Lisa's death. I could see her parents, her older brother, her younger sister, and myself surrounding her bed. But what I thought about, as I remembered, was that there was another circle of people around us, the oncologist, the, her specialist in the intensive care unit where we'd spent the last 10 days. All of them had heard that Lisa was dying, and because of that, even if they weren't working, they had made their way back to the hospital in the wee hours of the morning across Chicago by train, by car, and they made a circle around us. And as I saw them in my mind's eye, as I remembered, what I realized was that these men and women who had walked through horrible, horrible, fearful anxiety and death with us, they saw something in Lisa. They saw a 16-year-old who, even though she was dying and in horrible pain, she saw something more going on around her. And Lisa's courage and faith, her peace, in the midst of her turmoil, drew those medical professionals close to her side as she passed. And when I had that image, I realized God was saying to me, Judy, peace is not feeling happy. Peace is an assurance that no matter how hard life is, God is present and he is enough, even for a 16-year-old facing death. Peace is about knowing who I am. You see, I am, we are overcomers by the power given to us by a human who beat death. So let's explore how we get hold of what has already been given to us. Hear now the word of the Lord. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Sintica to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right. Whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely. Whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me Put it into practice. And the God of the peace will be with you. Thank you. You may be seated. I think it's kind of funny that a passage on peace is so busy. There's so much in this passage. so many moving parts. And so let's unpack it for a little bit. Again this is the closing chapter of Philippians and throughout this book it became clear that Paul wrote this letter to people that he loved. The book is an invitation to Christians to live their lives united by love and empowered by their reliance on God. He wants them and us to be strong and courageous reflecting God's values rather than the priorities of the culture around them. He wants them and us to courageously live and look like Jesus. So in this last chapter, if I can get this on the board for you to follow, it begins with a verse that is um, kind of interesting. What's happening here is he's making an application to all that he's instructed by getting very, very specific and actually naming names about a relationship that could turn into a great division among the believers. To these two who have allowed their convictions to override their love, He wants them, calls them, to be of the same mind. In other words, to remember that their points of agreement are greater than their points of disagreement. He wants them to be unified. And he wants another friend to be an agent of peace to the two who are quarreling. Now, if this is the beginning of the passage, you might think that the tone has been set for Paul to slap our hands over and again. But that's not what he does. Paul begins by saying, rejoice, rejoice. He has already said this five times in this book. Now we need to understand that this is not a command to be happy. He's not saying, kind of picture me if you will, remember me sitting on the floor in that living room Crying. He's not saying, Judy, shame on you. You should be rejoicing right now. That's not what this call is about. This is actually a statement that says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I've said it five times, but I'll say it again. Rejoice. It is is Paul saying to all of us, no matter what you face today, you can be confident that you, as his child, are in the Lord. The point is not, be happy. The point is, you are in God. And that frames everything that you do everything that you experience in this life. Notice that rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice, is a reflection on who he is, not on our emotions. And then he says the most unusual thing, I think, Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why would that come there? Why why does that fit there? I kind of think that perhaps, um, have you ever been around somebody who's very optimistic? And you know what it's like when you're not and you're feeling sort of grouchy and somebody's going, and you just wanna slap them, you know? You You just wanna tell them to shut up. I think it's about that. I think when somebody is at peace in the Lord, if we do it in a way that is obnoxious, it doesn't draw people close to God, it pushes them away. And so it's a call to a gentle spirit that is filled with optimism, not somebody kind of being like Thor with their optimism. And the reason we can be this way is the next part, because the Lord is near. That's, that's the hope of this. The Lord is near. I do not have to take on superhuman kind of qualities wherever I go with this sense of, I really have it together. What I can do is I can rest in the assurance that I am in the Lord and that He is near and He is stronger than all of the superheroes put together. That's who's near me, the God of all strength and grace. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again rejoice. Let your gentleness. Be evident to all. The Lord is near. And then he doesn't stop, but it gets harder. He says, don't be anxious about anything. What? How can we not be anxious about things? How can he say this when anxiety flits around the room like like fruit flies on bananas? Anxiety just shows up. Everywhere, doesn't it? And sometimes it's big anxiety, myself on the floor on that day. And sometimes it's the smallest stuff that creates anxiety in us. And his response to that is by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. So he's saying, don't be anxious, but turn it over to the Lord with assurance. And here's something I've never seen till I've studied it this time, and it's wonderful to me. I have heard people in my lifetime say, you're to be thankful for everything. And I just kind of go, you're distorted. That's not what the scripture says. I do not need to be thankful when one person hurts another. I do not need to be thankful that my precious Lisa died. And so the only way I could figure out was, okay, so that means I need to be thankful in. So when I'm in a situation, I still need to be thankful. Which helped, but what I've seen this time in studying it, it's bring your prayers and petitions with thanksgiving and this is i think what it's supposed to look like so i'm thinking uh, i'll give you an example from this week somebody called me somebody texted me this week and said i need to talk to you do you, does that ever make you nervous they don't tell you why i need you know i need to talk to you and as soon as i heard it i thought oh crumb what did i do you know um did are they upset with me did i forget to do something did i um you, What are they going to tell me? And I I was anxious, and mind you, I'm working on this. And I thought, okay, let me practice it here. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So this is what I did. I said, okay, Lord, I'm nervous. I don't know what's wrong. I feel anxiety right now. I want to hand that to you, and God, I want to thank you that, that she is a wonderful person. And I am thankful that you have her in my life. And I am thankful that no matter what's going on, we're both gonna be okay. And suddenly what I saw was with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, it's not that I'm thankful for what's happening, but I am thankful for all of the larger truth that surrounds it because that larger truth makes it possible for me to live a life of peace. I am in Christ Jesus. He is near. What a great truth. And so he ends that by saying... Read this with me, everybody. You see it on the screen. And the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen, indeed. but a marvelous truth. So we've got the Lord is near. We are in him. We've got the peace of God guarding us. But Paul doesn't even stop there. He gives us eight more doors to access God's peace, ways for us to enter into it, and all of it requires that we have to think differently. We have to think differently. So watch this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about these things. So let's glance at it again for a moment. Whatever is true, stand up. So think of it like this. When anxiety, whatever anxiety is currently in your life, part of what Paul is recommending, offering, suggesting is that as you think about that anxiety, begin to ask yourself what is really true? Because what's really true is that God has you No matter what the circumstances, the truth is, you are in him. The circumstances will come and go, but he will always be there. Whatever is noble, noble means that I am choosing to think about something in a way that is like, what would be the really courageous and I just love that word noble. What would nobility look like in your situation right now? I bet you know. What about right and pure? Here's the truth. If you are choosing to live in obedience to God and doing what is right and pure, your level of anxiety decreases a whole bunch. Plain and simple. All of these stand up together. Lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Thinking about things that are good. Think about your anxiety for a moment. What surrounds that that is excellent, praiseworthy, lovely? because that's what we're filling our mind with. And that's what Paul is saying, how do you think about the things that are happening in your life? And then he says, finally, think about this. And then here's kind of the clincher. He says, whatever you've learned, received, heard from me, seen, put into practice, that's just Paul saying, it's been done, you can do it. And then he ends with this. Everybody read this with me. And the God of peace will be with you. Watch this, everybody. Stand up, peace of God. Stand up. The Lord is near. You guys can sit. Stay up. (laughs) Hold it high. This is the truth about stress in your life. You are already given the peace of God that guards your heart. The God of peace, look at, the, look at the reversal, that's on purpose. God's given you his peace, he's given you himself, hold it high, and we're promised that the Lord is near. That becomes a nest for us to live within. That becomes um, a, a protective bubble, I don't like that word. It sounds like, like we're not living life. But, but it, is, it is a way for us to approach life knowing that we can get into this reality through any of these doors. So let me show you two quick examples. I have three people who very graciously are going to be anxiety. Come on, anxiety. So here we have it. This is Janika. Stand up, Janika. Janika. That's right, Janika has two tests and two projects that she has to get done before she goes on break. And guess what happens? It's true, anxiety starts in on her man, it smacks her. You don't look anxious, look anxious, there you go. She's having too much fun to look anxious, all right? Here she is, and what happens is, is the Holy Spirit begins to draw her, stand up truth, and says, think about what's true. What what is true is that you have studied all semester, you've stayed pretty much on top of it, and God loves you. All right, even if you don't, even if you flunk it, who you are in Christ has not changed. And as she moves close to the truth, she actually can move into this awareness. And guess what happens to the anxiety? (laughs) Aren't they great? You know you wouldn't wanna have to do that. Give them a hand, that's right. Come on, guys. But watch what happens, we're almost out of time. By moving into the bubble, by moving into this nest that God has already given us of the way we think, our anxieties have to flee. Anxieties come to us and attack us. They are not us. All right? Let's do one more. Want to do one more? We're not going to do scripture at the end. We don't have time, but we're going to do one more. Okay, this is Christian. Come on, anxiety. Christian, this isn't true, but Christian, let's say, pretend, got a call this morning before he came over here, and his parents said, we have to talk to you when you come home for break. We're getting a divorce. When that happens, anxiety sets in in a powerful way. It's strong and it's heavy and if I would have prepped these guys I would have had him almost push him over right now because that's the power of anxiety when certain situations hit us. But even in his anxiety, the Holy Spirit draws Christian and says, Christian, think, think. True, stand up. Think about what is true, Christian. Your mom and dad both love you deeply, even though this is horrible. Christian, the truth is that I love you deeply, and it pulls him toward it. Stand up, excellent, praiseworthy. The Holy Spirit reminds Christian that even though his parents are in a crisis, he has been loved by them in a way that has been excellent. And as he is pulled in to new kind of thinking, what happens to Christian? Do it, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Give him a hand. <laughs> because remember, you are not your anxiety, it comes to you. And the minute we start, um, Janika and Christian, step out of the circle right now. The minute we forget who we are and whose we are, guess what the anxiety does? Get <laughs> But the Holy Spirit will call us back, step back in, and as we turn with our minds and our hearts to the truth, Stand up, please. Peace of God. God of peace. And the Lord is near. We know that we can rest in his goodness. Praise be to God.